Our scripture reading this morning comes from 1 Samuel chapter 3. Let's listen together for what the Spirit is saying to us. Now the boy Samuel was ministering to the Lord under Eli. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down in his room. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called, Samuel, Samuel, and he said, Here I am, and ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called again, Samuel. Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, my son, lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel again a third time, and he got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called. Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go, lie down. And if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood there, calling as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of the Lord. This is the story of what happens when you listen to voices in the night. The story actually begins before our reading for today. It begins with Hannah. Hannah had everything she wanted in the world except a son. She was so desperate to have a son, she went, she went to the temple and she threw herself floor weeping and wailing and she started making promises God if you give me a son I will give him back to you now the high priest of the temple was named Eli and Eli heard all the weeping and wailing and told Hannah to knock it off that she was disturbing his sermon writing time but she explained that she was desperate and told Eli she was praying for a son So Eli told her that God had heard her prayers so she can move along now. And it turns out Eli was right, and Hannah's prayer was answered. Nine months later, she had a son, and she called him Samuel, which means the Lord hears. And true to her word, once the boy was weaned, she took him to the temple and gave him to Eli, the high priest. So Eli took Samuel in and and raised him as a son. Now Eli had two other sons, and they were both priests too, but they were crooks. They were scoundrels. As the Bible likes to say, they were wicked. Eli tried to get them to give up their wicked ways, but they ignored him. And one day an old prophet came to Eli with a message from God. You and your whole family will be judged and removed from power, the message said, because of the sins of your son. Judgment is coming, the prophet warned. So Eli knew he had no real future. God's judgment was hanging over his head, 
but he found hope in the boy Samuel and raised him as the faithful son that he never had. Now, times were tough for Israel in those days. The religious institutions were falling apart. You can tell me if you think any of this sounds familiar. The religious institutions were falling apart, as the story says. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. Visions were not widespread. Nobody was listening for voices in the night. Nobody dreamed dreams anymore. I guess that could be said about most times. There's, there's never a shortage, there's never a lack of noise about God. People love to talk about God, but is anyone really listening? Now, the social and political situation for Israel was just as bad. The people felt threatened by their neighbors, so they started calling for a king. And they knew having a king meant giving up their freedom, but they were willing to give up almost anything if it made them feel safer. So see, these were dark days for Israel, but as the story says, the lamp of God had not completely gone out. There was still a faint glimmer of hope. And so our story for today, one night Samuel heard a voice calling to him. Three times the voice called his name. Three times Samuel thought it was Eli calling him. And after the third interruption, Eli figured out what was going on. God was trying to speak to the boy. So Eli told Samuel how to respond should he hear the voice again. Samuel went back to bed and sure enough the voice spoke again and he said what Eli told him to say. Speak for your servant is listening. And God spoke. God was going to do something new. A new day was about to dawn. Samuel would become a great prophet and would lead the people. But Eli... Eli was finished. Well, Samuel stayed where he was throughout the night, trembling. Eli had raised him as a son, and now God was, was calling him to replace Eli. Samuel didn't want to do it. He didn't even want to tell Eli what the voice had said, but, but Eli insisted. And so Samuel told him the words of judgment. And Eli took a few slow, deep breaths and then he said, it is the Lord. Let God do as God wills. Now Samuel goes on to become a great prophet. He led the people for more than 40 years. The text says that none of his words fell to the ground. I love that. None of his words fell to the ground. This image of his words like, like hummingbirds zipping around the air full of life and energy. As a preacher, I do not always experience that. Through Samuel, the word of the Lord was no longer rare and visions became widespread and the lamp of God burned brightly again. God called him in the temple that night and Samuel answered the call, leading the people with faith and vision and passion and power. But there's another call in this story, a call that may be even more difficult and no less important than Samuel's. And that's the call Eli answered. Eli knew, Eli knew the new thing that God was doing, that it meant the end of his power, the end of his whole way of life. He knew he could have seen Samuel as a rival, a threat. 
He could have tried to silence God's call. He could have told Samuel to go back to sleep and pay no attention to voices in the night. You know that's how things usually work in our world. Maybe you remember that terrible story in the New Testament we don't talk about very much. When Herod learned of a newborn king, he didn't sing Christmas carols. What did he do? He ordered the killing of all the male children born in Bethlehem, two years old and younger, all in a desperate attempt to destroy the new thing that God was doing. People do not easily embrace newness. People do not easily let go of power. New things often have claw marks in them from where the old guard tried to hold on at all costs. Eli could have done that. But he trusted the new thing God was doing. And he wanted to be a part of it, even if that meant letting go. So he helped Samuel to hear God's voice. And then, with really remarkable faithfulness and humility, he stepped out of the way and let the new thing happen. It's really an incredible story. And while we may or may not be priests or sleep in the temple or hear voices in the night, I think this story still speaks a word to all of us. Whether we're old or young, wherever we are in life, sometimes we are called to take hold of something new. And sometimes we're called to let go and step out of the way. It takes faith, it takes courage to do either one. This month we're talking about starting again in ways both large and small. Life is about starting again, starting again in work or school, starting again after a setback or a misstep, starting again after a loss, starting again each new day. So what do we need to start again well? Last week we talked about changing our minds, thinking differently, approaching the future with a, with a why not that is open to God's surprising newness. Well, today we're talking about the other side of that, maybe the harder side. To take on something new, we often have to make room. We often have to let go, even sometimes of things we love. As a parent, the most poignant moment of that for me has been moving my daughter off to college. And I, could still, I can still remember that day. There was stress and sweat and hormones and mobs of people, stairs to climb, lofts to create, futons to assemble. It was a flurry of trials and tasks which helped distract you from the scenes playing out in some deep place in your heart, the long labor that brought her into the world, the way the water ran down her forehead when I baptized her, the snow days outside Chicago, the braces, the boyfriends, cuddling with the dog on the couch, the father-daughter dances, the prom, all the music, 18 years compressed into 18 seconds and played out over and over again as you carry one box after another up the stairs. And then suddenly, too soon, it's time. Hugs and words and tears are exchanged and then she turns her back and walks off to a whole new world and you find yourself driving home in silence 
having off, broken off a piece of your heart and left it behind in a tiny dorm room in Athens. And this is, this is all how it should be. Something new, something unimaginable, something good and beautiful was beginning for her. But something good and beautiful had to end first. She was starting again. And I had to start again as well. I had to let go of what was in the name of what could be. So our great challenge as parents, as human beings, as the people of First Presbyterian Church is to keep space for the new thing God is doing. As Joseph Campbell said, we must be willing to let go of the life we have planned so as to take hold of the life that is waiting for us. To do that is as hard as it is simple. We have to trust that we're not on our own, that we're held up and held together by some great and good power we can barely comprehend, that in the end, in the very end, everything comes together in something like love. Trusting that we can loosen our grip on life. Trusting that we can let go. In this new year, as we start again, May we listen for voices in the night, calling us to new life and new possibilities. May we trust that God is doing something new in our lives, in the life of this church, in the life of our world. God is doing something new. Let us resolve to be a part of it, even when that means letting go. May it be so. Amen.